0: like Bob on Facebook at facebookcom slash Bernie live welcome back to Bob Bernie live um, <laughs> let me let me get something off my chest okay um, I may be sorry but I don't think I will be because I think there's a point that I want to get across to you. Um, something bizarre happened very, very early this morning. Um, if you're a regular listener, you know, yesterday morning was our pastor appreciation breakfast and our keynote speaker was Dr. Robert Jeffress, pastor of first Baptist church in Dallas. Uh, First Baptist Dallas is by far the largest downtown church in America today. They have been responsible for leading countless thousands of people to Christ. They baptize hundreds of people every year. Uh, they have had an incredible impact. On the homeless situation in Dallas. They have so many outreaches into the community. Uh, Dr. Jeffress is a soul winner. Uh, He is a courageous standard bearer for the inerrancy of Scripture, the totality of the gospel, the sacredness of the gospel. Uh, he is an unashamed apologist for the exclusivity of Christ. He uh, boldly proclaims the gospel on national TV constantly. Uh, and I was thrilled that we were able to get him for our breakfast. And he preached yesterday morning an unbelievably encouraging Message to all the pastors who attended the breakfast. I can't tell you how many of the pastors came up to me after the breakfast and said, "Oh, Bob, what a great message! Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing Dr. Jeffers here. I'm so encouraged. I'm ready to go back." So anyway, I was I was just thrilled, and uh, I count him a friend. Like I've said this many times, we don't play golf every week, uh, but I consider him a friend. Well. I, uh, Joy and I have always kept our cell phones downstairs at night, plugged in, always, just always. Uh, But recently, I thought, you know, what if something would happen with the family and we were dealing with some family issues that it was possible that someone would need to get in touch with us in the middle of the night and so forth. So recently, I have begun plugging my phone in on my side of the bed in our bedroom, and uh, I have an infamous notifier for texts. I am not famous. I am infamous for it around the radio station. When it goes off, everybody can hear it. It's loud, somewhat obnoxious, but it certainly gets my attention. When I went to bed last night, I was I was wiped out physically and emotionally up very, very early yesterday morning to get to the breakfast and so forth. And uh, those breakfasts are wonderful, but they, they wipe me out emotionally and physically. It's a, it's a big deal. And then I did my program yesterday, and I don't expect any of you to understand this, and I am not seeking anything any kind of sympathy, just relating the truth. Sitting here for two and a half hours every day is exhausting. Uh, first of all, emotionally, to keep up the kind of energy that I need to keep up, uh, and physically. The one comment, when somebody fills in for me and they've never done two and a half hours of a talk show— I think every single person who has ever filled in for me has said, Bob, I don't know how you do it. I was exhausted at the end of the show. Well, again, I'm not looking for sympathy. but So anyway, last night, went to bed exhausted. A little after 4 a.m. this morning, I get a text, and my notifier goes off wakes the dead in the whole neighborhood. And I thought, oh, my goodness, who is texting me at 4 o'clock in the morning? I want to sleep. And, And I crawled out of bed, got my phone, and here is what I read. I'm not going to give you the name or any of the other details. That's none of your business. But here's what I read. That was four thirty wasn't four o'clock. I want to be completely candid and honest. Good morning, my friend. Hey, I saw your post with Robert Jefferson and wanted to respond. I decided, however, that my feelings weren't things to share on social media, especially between friends. In short, I think he's been one of the most arrogant, divisive and anti-gospel public figures of my lifetime. Probably a great guy privately, but when I see him publicly, I hear loud echoes of First Samuel 8. He has become the face or one of the primary faces of a church trading gospel for power and culture war influence. And they went on to say, hey, maybe we should get together and have breakfast and talk about it. Um, we had just finished this breakfast. Dr. Jeffress was so encouraging to the pastors. And regardless of what you may think about some of the political stances that he has taken, take a look at his ministry. And, And for someone to say he is anti gospel I think he's been one of the most arrogant, divisive, and anti-gospel public figures of my lifetime. Now, what does anti-gospel mean? Opposed to the gospel. The opposite of the gospel. What is the gospel? According to 1 Corinthians, Paul said the gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That is the good news. That is how people get saved. That's how people get to heaven. Now, you may disagree with Dr. Robert Jefferson on some of the things he's done and said. But to say that he is anti-gospel, when he includes the gospel message in every sermon he preaches at First Baptist, when people are accepting Christ because of the presence and the presentation of the gospel almost every Sunday— anti gospel, why, because of politics, so uh I crawled back into bed, tried to go back to sleep, and I thought, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me and uh a long, long time took me to get back to sleep, and then when i find when I did get up, not finally, I didn't sleep that long, I wrote a response. And I'll be honest, I was angry. I think it's okay to be angry sometimes. And I I don't feel bad for being angry. I was not unkind in any way. I did say, well, you know, I think that's what the Pharisees said about Jesus and the disciples. And it's true. The Pharisees said Jesus and the disciples were divisive. They were arrogant. The Pharisees said the same thing about Jesus and the disciples. Jesus claimed to be the only way to God. The only way. The disciples said that Jesus is the only way, and it really ticked off the religious leaders of the day because Jesus and the disciples were not unifiers. They were dividers. And ultimately... They claimed that to be blasphemy, and that was the reason they gave for Jesus being crucified. Um, Folks, listen. You can disagree on the politics thing. I don't think any pastor should endorse a political candidate. The only disagreement I think Robert Jeffress and I have ever had was over his open endorsement of Donald Trump. And I told him so. I said, Doc, I I don't agree with what you're doing. I think it's going to come back to hurt you. And Dr. Jeffress says, Bob, I've prayed about it. I have real peace about it. I said, well, I've told you how I feel. And uh, that's, that's where we'll leave it. And we continue to be good friends. But I told him, I don't think you should endorse Donald Trump. But that did not make him anti-gospel. This attitude that we have today, that if you take a strong stand for truth, you condemn compromise, you condemn liberalism, whether it's politics or theology, then you are considered by many to be a divisive individual. No, you're not being divisive. You are proclaiming the truth. I am not sorry that we invited Dr. Robert Jeffress here. I pray his tribe increases. I hope he doesn't endorse another political candidate, and he probably won't. But he is one of the greatest voices for the gospel in America today. Follow Bob on Twitter at twitter.com slash Live. Let me let me just say one more thing about the uh, text that I received at 4.30 this morning. <laughs> uh, and I I must say, I probably wouldn't have responded so forcefully if it hadn't roused me out of sleep at uh, 4.30 in the morning. Th- that was not the cinder's fault, I guess. I don't know is there a, a decorum in sending texts at certain times of the day <laughs> i don't know but here somewhat disconnected from the text somewhat let me let me just say this we are seeing people trying to make the gospel things that the gospel is not um Uh, uh, starting a a homeless shelter, is that the gospel? Uh, No. Maybe a result of the gospel, having been changed by the gospel, uh, the homeless shelter may be started in order to present the gospel, but that's not the gospel. Uh, Going, uh, you know, volunteering at a soup kitchen, is that the gospel? Uh, No, no, that may be because you believe the gospel. And you've been transformed by the gospel, and maybe you want other people to believe the gospel, but that's not the gospel. I see things all the time being described as the gospel. Biblically, the gospel is one thing. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ according to the Scriptures. That is the only biblical definition of what the gospel is. It is the good news that Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and he rose again victorious on the third day to conquer sin, death, hell, Satan himself. And it is because of that We can have eternal life if we will put our full faith and trust in that very truth, that Jesus died on the cross for me, and I accept the gift of salvation by faith. There are many results of the gospel, but don't confuse them with being the gospel— And the more liberal left-leaning churches mix this up all the time. They convolute what the gospel is all about. The gospel is, yeah, it's about Jesus, but it's about doing good things. It's about helping your brother, helping your sister, helping your neighbor. All of those things are wonderful things, and they're commanded in Scripture. But they're not the gospel. Don't confuse people. Don't convolute what the gospel is. A gospel ministry is a ministry that presents the gospel. Now, you may use many methods to do that. And there are thousands of methods that we can use to present the gospel. But the method is not the gospel, the method is a way of communicating the gospel. And we're seeing, we're seeing so much of this that where an action or a deed becomes the gospel, that instead of it being a method to present the gospel, it becomes the gospel itself. I did something good, so that's the gospel. I helped someone. So that's the gospel. No, it is not. I hope everything you do is with the intent of sharing the gospel. And we we must remain absolutely biblical. And by the way, part of the gospel is the exclusivity of Christ. You can get to God only through the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. There is no other way. There are not a dozen ways or a hundred ways or, or a half dozen ways to get to heaven and to get to God. There is one and only one, and that is through the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection, of the one and only Jesus Christ.